The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Fourth down and goal. Rush three dropping. Stanley throwing in zone. All right, Kevin, one of two things. You go for two now or you wait. For me, I wait. I get the sure thing right now. Get my get my extra point in. They're going for two. The problem with this is if you don't get it, exactly. it's over. Exactly. Here's the two-point try. Pressure coming. Stanley for the end zone. Looking for fans. No good. Hello and welcome into Quick Hits here on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm your host Tyler Chumlin. The Hawkeyes with an embarrassing showdown last week in Madison, Wisconsin against Wisconsin. The Badgers dominated every facet of the game. Iowa with 66 total yards of offense. That coming after a beatdown of Ohio State at Kinnick Stadium the week prior. What Hawkeye team are we going to get? Iowa has their season out in front of them essentially. Purdue comes to town, senior day. Motion should be riding high for Purdue. Then they go on the road to play Black Friday game against Nebraska and Lincoln. You'd think that Iowa has eight wins on the mind, seven wins for sure. Not exactly how it went for the Hawkeyes. Purdue playing spoiler at Kinnick on Saturday, 24 to 15 victors over the Iowa Hawkeyes. Look, this is going to be a tough one to go through. We're going to get through this one as quickly as we possibly can. We're going to pull the scab off and we're going to heal it right back with a Band-Aid. And then we're going to jump into this Black Friday matchup. This week's going to be a little different different here on Quick Hits. We're going to do my segment and then we're going to jump into John and Scott Docterman of Land of Ten. They're going to do their preview segment for the Black Friday game. We're going to do that at the end of this program. Then we'll get back to the Big Ten scoreboard quick, and then we'll wrap things up for this week on Quick Hits. Being at Thanksgiving, it's kind of a weird week. We've done this in the past, but hopefully it goes well. Hopefully everything sounds good. Um, Enjoy it. This is Quick Hits. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin. Follow me on Twitter, at at Tyler Chumlin. Follow us on Twitter, organizationally, at Hawkeyes Mike. Let's go ahead and get into it. The Hawkeyes start with the ball three and out. Purdue gets the ball. Momentum on the road, 16 plays, 67 yards. Elijah Sindelar hits DJ Knox from five yards for the touchdown. 7-0 Purdue. Can Iowa answer? No. Immediately they're forced to punt. Purdue has to punt. They get down the field, but Josie Jewell has a huge sack after making a big play on second down. Jewell gets the big sack. Purdue's forced to punt. Iowa gets the ball back, and they have to punt. Now, the offense can't really get moving, but they get a great punt down to the three-yard line. First quarter expires during this possession. Iowa looking maybe to try and get something on defense try to create a short field. On second down, Nathan Budget gets in the backfield, sacks Sindelar in the end zone, 7-2 on the safety. Purdue still with the lead, but Nathan Budget with a big defensive play for the Hawkeyes. Iowa gets the ball back. Heavy on Akram Wadley, the senior running back, on this possession runs a 15, 7, 3, 1, and 2. Sets up the touchdown. That two-yard run is a touchdown set up by the 18-yard catch by senior Matt Vandenberg from Stanley. Iowa gets the lead. They're up 9-7. Maybe things are finally starting to fall for Iowa, starting to get back together, get that momentum back at home. Purdue has 10 plays on the ensuing possession. Penalties only get them 4th and 29 from their own 42, though. Punt, that ends the half. Iowa doesn't get, can't get much going. They get one first down, but not much doing at the end of the half. Iowa has the lead at halftime 9-7. Second half starts. It was a half of horrors for the Hawkeyes. Purdue starts second half with a bang. Sindelar to Mahangu. He has three catches on the possession. One of those, a 42-yard touchdown 14 to 9. Purdue takes the lead. Three plays 75 yards. Hawkeyes can't respond. They go three and out. Purdue. Three plays 50 yards this time. Mohangu 35 yard catch 
and a 16-yard touchdown catch, 21-9 Purdue. Holy smokes, what in the world just happened? 21-9 Purdue with the lead. Iowa with the ball back. They need to get something sparked. They've had these situations so many times this season, and they're only, they've only responded occasionally. They don't hear Iowa three and out again. Purdue at three and out, though. The defense holds. They're able to respond. Iowa gets the ball back. 11 plays, 39 yards. Stanley sacked on second down to make it third and 12. It results in the punt after an incomplete pass. Purdue can't get their offense moving, though. Three and out this time for the Boilers. Iowa, three and out again. Stanley sacked again on this possession. He had six sacks on the day. We're going to talk extensively about that once we get things wrapped. Purdue, punt. That ends the third quarter. Final score at the end of the third quarter, 21-9. Boilermakers. Iowa gets into Boilermaker territory on the next possession to start the fourth quarter. A couple nice plays. Wadley, a couple catches by Easley. But Nate Stanley intercepted by Navon Mosley on second down. Oof. Tough sledding for the Hawkeyes. Purdue gets back to the Iowa 41. Iowa holds them. They are forced to punt. They punt. Matt Vandenberg fumbles the punt. Purdue gets the ball back at the Iowa 16-yard line. They kick a field goal from 27. It's good. 24-9. Iowa with the ball. 355 remaining in the football game. Kickoff. Smith-Marset returns it. Big return to the Purdue 45-yard line. 11 plays later, Stanley finally finds Noah Fant. Touchdown, Iowa. They can't convert the two-point conversion, though. 24 to 15. Onside kick time. Nope. Purdue recovers the onside kick. They get third and nine from the Iowa 41. Iowa looking for maybe a little bit of life here. Markel Jones busts through the Iowa defense 32 yards. First down Purdue. That ends the football game. 24 to 15 is your final. Wow. 24 to 15. Purdue goes on the road, knocks off the Hawkeyes. Iowa falls to six and five. The Boilers get to five and six in Brahms' first year as Purdue's head coach. And you can look at this one of two ways. And you can look at it from the Iowa side, wow, what a letdown. Or you can look at it from the Purdue side, and wow, what a game, what a win on the road. Either way, from this lens, from the Hawkeyes' Mike lens, Oof, not what you wanted if you're Iowa. You're looking at possibly eight wins and potentially a really nice, nice football game, bowl game, Music City Bowl. Looking at, you know, any endless possibility at that point with eight wins in the Big Ten. Now you're hoping to get to seven. You go on the road after two disappointing losses. You go on the road to a team that, to Nebraska, who hasn't played very well, but it's still a road game. Black Friday, emotion should ride high. They're going to want to beat Iowa. They haven't had success against the Hawkeyes, and it's going to be interesting to see how things go. And we're going to play some audio clips after I take a break here real quick and a lot of these guys basically it's you know move on to the next game short week let's go let's move on to the next game but you look back at this one and it's a tough one we're going to go through all the stats individual stats team stats we'll hear from Kirk Ferentz Josie Jewell we'll hear from Josh Jackson Sean Welsh Nate Stanley and a lot more we're also going to have Scott Docterman on with John Patchett here on this edition of Quick Hits previewing the Black Friday game coming up on Friday with Thanksgiving being Thursday I thought it'd be only fair to try and get that to you a little earlier that way you can listen to it prior to that game first thing on Friday morning plus you know What's better than a little bit of turkey, a little bit of cranberry sauce, some potatoes, maybe some stuffing, and some Scott Docterman from Land of Ten? Can't beat it. So this is going to be quick hits. We're going to continue on quick hits, get through this Iowa-Purdue debacle, 24-15. Purdue beats Iowa. We'll get into the stats, analysis, and audio clips coming up after this, and then Scott Docterman following that. This is Quick Hits here on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm Tyler Chumlin, your host. Hope you come on back for more. This is Quick Hits on Hawkeyes Mike. Second and ten. Sindelar pops. Sindelar snaps. It's a safety. Nathan Bushida on scene. Your day with a safety to 
get the Hawkeyes on the board. And the pump was because of coverage. So Bunchner should turn around and be happy with his safety because his coverage down the field was where it was supposed to be. But he just relentless, so he just keeps on coming. That's just kind of the, just kind of the way Bunchner is. He never quits. Hawkeyes Mike programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer, protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings. Moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Yeah, with toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. Do you want to learn more about kicking and punting? It's hard to find quality training for place kicking and punting, especially with a coach who will give you full attention and who cares about your growth as a person as well as a kicker. That's why Kaluzi Kicking is here. Kaluzi Kicking strives to bring out the very best in every student athlete by utilizing hands-on training, video analysis, and athlete marketing. Kaluzi Kicking is a family-oriented company and believes in working hard to help achieve your goals. The Kaluzi Kicking team will provide you the resources you need to perfect every aspect of the kicking game as you aspire to play at the next level. You can find out more information at kaluzikicking.com. Or you can email us, info at kaluzikicking.com. Welcome back to Quick Hits here on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin, at Tyler Chumlin on Twitter, at Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter. If you ever want to be a part of our team, advertise with us, just want to tell us we're doing a good job, maybe you want to tell us we're doing a bad job, email us, info at HawkeyesMike.com. You can email me as well, Tyler at HawkeyesMike.com. Hawkeyes fall to Purdue 24 to 15 in a debacle. You know, there's something to be said here about Purdue is Iowa's natural rival. Maybe that's part of this whole thing. I know Iowa fans absolutely hate me saying that, but this is a tough one for Iowa to swallow and we're going to go through the stats here in a minute but you know it's it's not good <laughs> for Iowa it's good for Jeff Brom and it's good for Purdue but it's not good for Iowa and they need to respond next week against Nebraska and ultimately what's going to happen is Iowa fans are going to look back to this game as kind of that pinnacle turning point of whether this team whether the season was successful or not who knows maybe they'll go on the road beat Nebraska and then they'll go to a bowl game and they'll win a bowl game finally only time will tell but right now things are bleak not looking good for the Hawkeyes let's go ahead and get into statistics team statistics Iowa not a great day Purdue not a bad day on the road total yards Purdue 294 229 through the year 22 of 37 they had 65 on the ground but a lot of those were big rushing yards at the very end of the game to close it Iowa 259 yards 176 through the air 16 of 33 one interception thrown 82 yards only on the ground for Iowa 17 first downs for the Hawkeyes 20 for Purdue third downs Purdue 7 of 15 Iowa 7 of 16 Iowa perfect two of two on fourth down. Purdue did not have a fourth down. Penalty, they killed Iowa six of 56. Purdue three for 30. Iowa had two turnovers. Purdue had zero turnovers. Time of possession, 33-43. Purdue 26-17. The big stat that we're going to really look at is sacks. And this game came down to sacks. A big, big, big problem Iowa had was keeping Purdue away from Nate Stanley. After the game, Kirk Ferentz was asked about that. Here's Ferentz on the six 
six sacks of his quarterback, Nate Stanley? Uh, it's probably a combination of things, you know. Uh, they're, they're a high-pressure outfit. We knew that. They're just under 40% with pressure. and So that's a challenge in itself. But uh, a couple of them were, were just mental errors where we cut guys loose. Uh, a couple more guys getting beaten. That, that part you can live with. But the mental errors, uh, you know, we, we're, we're not going to win football games where you just cut a guy loose. And we did that a couple times today. Kirk Ferentz on the sacks. Now Sean Welsh on allowing six sacks this week against Purdue. Um, you know, I, I think that you have to give them credit. Um, they played very well. Um, they brought several different fronts. Um, but at the same time, in terms of our own execution and communication, it wasn't enough to cut it. Um, you know, we just need to do a better job. Now here's the man himself guy that was laying on the ground after each one of those sacks, Nate Stanley. I like how he takes responsibility here. It's a good clip. It's good to see from a a sophomore quarterback who's learning that leadership role. Here's Stanley on the six sacks that plagued Iowa. People might look at it and think that that there's a little pressure, but that falls on me a little bit too. I got to just get the ball out a little bit quicker. So, you know, the defense or the offensive line, you know, they played super hard all day and, you know, it's it's tough when when they come out with as many different looks as Purdue did. So, you know, that falls on me uh, a lot of the times too to just get the ball out quicker. Nate Stanley on getting sacked against Purdue. Let's go ahead and in, go ahead and get into individual statistics. Elijah Sindelar for Purdue, 22 of 37, three touchdowns, 229 yards. Rushing for Purdue, Markel Jones, 14 carries, 74 yards. Jared Sparks had two for seven. Brian Langford Johnson had one for three. DJ Knox had four carries for three yards. Jackson Anthrop had one for two. And then Elijah Sindelar, seven for net negative 24. Receiving for Purdue, Anthony Mahongo. He had a huge game, seven catches, a 135 yards. Two of those were touchdowns, big touchdowns. After they moved Josh Jackson over to cover him, he didn't have much else, but he had a couple big touchdowns. Really got Purdue that momentum in the second half. Here's Josh Jackson after the game talking about Mahungu. Yeah, it's not. Um, you know, we just 21 had a. You know, he had some momentum going. He got he had two big catches for touchdowns, and I got coaches moved me over to try to um, you know get stops on him. Seven catches, 135 yards, and two touchdowns for Mahungu. Jarrett Burgess, he had three for 22. Bryson Hopkins had three for 21. Jackson Anthrop had two for 18. Terry Wright had two for 13. DJ Knox had two for six. One of those went for a touchdown. Cole Hardman had one for six. Gregory Phillips had one for five. And Mark Hill Jones had one for three. Jump over to the Iowa side of things. Nate Stanley, not a great day. 16 of 33, 176 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. That's a rating of 23.5. Rushing, I think the Hawkeyes would have liked to see better numbers here. 22 carries for Wadley, 78 yards and a touchdown. James Butler only 7 carries, 38 yards. Amir Smith-Marset had a carry for 4 and then Nate Stanley credited with negative 38 yards on 8 carries. Receiving for Iowa, Nick Easley led the way with 5 catches for 60 yards. TJ Hawkinson had 3 for 33. Amir Smith-Marset had 2 for 29. All 3 of those guys and Noah Fant all come back next year. Just remember that. Matt Vanderberg, he does not. Senior, 2 for 24. Fant had 2 for 17. Wadley had a catch for 11 and James Butler had 1 catch for two yards. Matt Vandenberg had one fumble on the day on the uh, on the uh, the punt return. Iowa defensively, Josie Jewell, no surprise here. Jewell leads the way with 13 total tackles. He moves to fifth all-time at, at Iowa for overall total tackles. We'll see how high he can get. It should be interesting. He might be able to get to Abdul Hodges, two guys ahead of him, and I believe he needs right around the neighborhood of 30 to get there. So it should be interesting to see what he can do against Nebraska and in the bowl game. Five of his tackles were solo tackles. He had a heck of a senior day. Three passes defended, three tackles for loss, two of those were sacks. Ben Neiman, eight tackles, four were solo tackles, half a, half a tackle for loss. Bo Bauer, he had seven tackles, three of those were solos. He had a pass defended. Jake Gervais 
Gervas had a nice game, seven total tackles. Three were solo. He had a tackle for loss and a pass defended. I saw on Twitter after the game, actually, Jake Gervas, after losing in the tough game to Purdue, still went to the Children's Hospital and visited a kid that he's been visiting all week long. Really, really cool. Sometimes it's about it's bigger than football, folks. Just remember that. Jake Gervas, you're my player of the week this week, not for anything you guys did on the field, but for, good, for doing that, for showing exemplary citizenship. I love seeing that. Thank you very much. My shout-out goes to Jake Gervas this week. Miles Taylor, five total tackles, four of those were solo. Josh Jackson, four tackles, three of those were solo. He had a pass defended. Manny Ragumba had three tackles, three were solo and a pass defended. Nathan Budgeta, he had three tackles. Big one was a sack in the end zone for the uh, safety. Matt Hankins had three tackles. Epineza had two tackles. Two of those were solo tackles. One of those was a sack. Parker Hesty with two tackles. Ojemudia with a tackle. Sam Brinks with a tackle. Matt Nelson, Brady Reef, and Cedric Lattimore all had a tackle. That's going to do it for us wrapping up this Iowa loss, 24-15 to Purdue. Now, what does Iowa do going forward? First of all, they need to recognize the loss. Here's Kirk Ferentz on this loss versus last week's loss versus losing in general. Here's Ferentz. Losses uh, hurt, you know, regardless. And uh, you never feel good after one. Certainly didn't feel very, very good last Saturday coming home. And same thing again today. You know, we thought we had an opportunity to win. Thought we had an opportunity to win a week ago, too. You know, we came up short in both of them. So, you know, it's tough to rank losses. They, There's nothing really good about any of them. And uh, it's going to hurt. And we're going to have to move on here tomorrow. After you recognize the loss, which all these guys did after the game, going as far as saying they were ready to play, we were not ready to play, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then you look forward, and it's a short week. There's not much time to dwell on it. Here's Josie Jewell on the accelerated week, what Iowa has to do this week to get ready for Purdue. Yeah, it's a little accelerated. Um, so, I mean, tonight some guys probably have to watch the game here, uh, you know, finish up and, you know, understand the mistakes, understand the positives. And then I think tonight some of the guys might, you know, be able to move on to Nebraska, look at some of their tape, just get a, you know, a general understanding of what they can do because, I mean, it's, as I said, it's an accelerated week. So, definitely uh, your body's going to have to be physically ready. Uh, it's going to definitely need, you know, a lot of sleep this week and be able to, you know, stay on task with your stuff. Um, but the thing is, we don't have school, so guys should be able to put that extra time in um, during the week. How emotional was it for you? Now here's Kirk Ferentz on the short week and the idea of not much time to dwell on this tough loss to Purdue. Well, yeah, you don't have much time to, to dwell on things, that's for sure. Yeah, so I guess that's a positive. And uh, the biggest thing our player is going to have to do that. And, uh, you know how everybody feels right now and uh, what happened today, it's, it's all pretty obvious. There's nothing really good about it that we'll take away from it. So we're going to have to move beyond it and that, that's a bigger uh, challenge and you know, it's easier to say than do. So that's going to be the challenge for us and uh, in the, that short window we got, we got to show some improvement. And uh, you know, in a week like this, this far into the season, a lot of it's mental and it's, it's going to have to be done. It's the same boilerplate answer. Let's go to Matt Vandenberg for the same answer for the third time. <clears throat> we got to make sure that we're on our recovery uh, as far as, you know, it is a short week, so we need to make sure our bodies are as good as they can be. But we also need to watch film away from the facility and understand, you know, what we're trying to get done as an offense and kind of understand the full concept as opposed to what my job is here. Rest, recover, move on. It's all the same stuff. One of the most important things, we've heard this over the years, especially from this very individual that I'm going to play the clip from, flush it, move on. Here's Akram Wadley. Definitely, that's, that's uh, the most important thing, just flush it, move on. Every year they do this, and one, the only real silver lining after the Purdue game, or I guess before the Purdue game, not after the game, because it's going to always be remembered this way, is senior day, and it's always a special thing. It's always a special um, a special honor. I'm going to play two clips here. I'm going to first play Josie Jewell's clip on senior day when he was asked about it after the game. Then I'm going to go ahead and go right into a Matt Vandenberg clip from senior day. Here's Jewell and Vandenberg, two seniors who are definitely going to be missed from the Iowa Hawkeyes. Matt Vandenberg, very underappreciated, I think. He's really, really kept that wide receiving core together, and he's going to be a 
big reason for any success that wide receiving core has in the future. Josie Jewell, guy's top five all-time in tackles. He's going to be an NFL player, and he's one of the best linebackers I was ever had. So here's Jewell, and then here's Vandenberg. Yeah, I've seen my family out there, my, my two parents. Um, you know, it's, it's good to see them out there, but you never want that day to come. Uh, you know, you want to keep on playing football here, especially at a place like this. So, you know, it's, it sucks, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's a great accomplishment to, you know, go through this university, um, you know, play football here, um, and just, you know, create the amazing relationships that I've created and everybody else has created through our football team. As far as the senior class or this team, you know, that's the last time this team uh, will be in Kinnick together. But, um, you know, one game doesn't define what, the, what our senior class was able to do while we were here. You're listening to Quick Hits here on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin, at Tyler Chumlin on Twitter, at Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter. If you have questions, comments, concerns, you want to be a part of our team, advertise with us, email info at HawkeyesMike.com. You can email me, Tyler, at HawkeyesMike.com as well. Check us out. We really, really appreciate everything that you guys do for us. We've been broadcasting original programming for the Hawkeyes for over 10 years. This is our 11th year now. The Hawkeyes Mike team has been together, putting things out on the internet, unique original programming good stuff. This week's going to be a little different. The reporter's notebook is going to be now. John is going to go ahead and chat with Scott Docterman of Land of 10. Then we're going to head uh, head on to the next week. Not a bad idea. Let's flush this Purdue loss. Let's move on to the Black Friday showdown for the Heroes Trophy against Nebraska in Lincoln. Should be a fun game. Should be interesting because Nebraska's down. Iowa's been up and down this season. Should be interesting. After this quick break, we're going to go ahead and go to John Patchett as well as Scott Docterman of Land of 10. They're going to go ahead and talk about this week coming up. Then I'm going to go ahead and bring things back here for quick hits. I'll put a nice, big, shiny bow, wishbone breaking Thanksgiving bow on this quick hits edition. Get to a Big Ten scoreboard and then we'll wrap things up. This is quick hits on Hawkeyes Mike. First and goal to two. Akram Wadley with the carry. Akram Wadley gets the Hawkeyes the lead. Devin yeah, just pounded that right side the entire time. That's trusting a freshman in worse. They went behind him for virtually that whole series. Uh, took a little bit of Akram Wadley, both by air and by ground, to get into the end zone for the touchdown. And Kirk Ferentz with a back handspring, at least in the world of Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> Scott, it's the Iowa-Nebraska week, the Black Friday game in Lincoln. Before we do that, let's take a real quick look back at that horrible, depressing loss at Kinnick Stadium on Saturday to Purdue. One of the things, among others, is that now over the last eight quarters, Iowa's offense is averaging 1.625 points per quarter. It's it's shocking in some ways, I mean, to see what Iowa was before the Ohio State game, was it during the Ohio State game, and has been since the Ohio State game. And that is that we, this, this is just a very poor offense. And I, and you try to figure out what is it that's making it so wrong. When you have a quarterback, in my opinion, that's an NFL caliber quarterback, he's got a strong arm. He's very accurate. He puts the ball where it needs to go. You have a, the wide receivers are not up to par and they make things difficult by their number of drops. Uh, the offensive line uh, was supposed to be good and is not played very well. And some of that's on the young tackles, but you know what? We're giving the coaching staff a pass for that. If this coaching staff is as good as that we think it is it should be uh, coaching offensive linemen they should be better 
than that. They should be able to run the ball when they want to, Not and, and fortunately for Iowa, they haven't been able to. Looking at this game, you saw them get torched early in the third quarter a couple of several times um, through the air. Uh, they found a, a weakness, and they and Purdue exploited it for two touchdowns. Uh, Iowa ended up going, moving four different cornerbacks to that side of the field in the span of two drives, and yet Iowa couldn't change much there. And then off, But really, this game was lost on offense. I mean, they ran for 82 yards, 2.2 yards per carry, 13 of, uh, 16 of 33. They really didn't even move the ball until the end of the game when the game was over, basically. So I, I just... I regressing is probably what is fair to call this offense. And uh, they really need to reassess. I think now's the time. I think they need to reassess what they have on offense and their schematics, because frankly, it's just not very good. And it hasn't been good for a long time. And you see, they have playmakers in, in Akram Wadley in James Butler and Noah Fant and CJ Hawkinson. They have some weaknesses, a wide receiver, which is both attrition based and recruiting based and inexperienced. But, Yet you can't when you have a guy who can throw it like that and a couple of guys who can run it like that, you need to be better. So I think Iowa does need to take a hard look at how they coach and the scheme they have because you just can't play like this. Uh, I think fans, the, the critical mass of fans are at the tipping point, And I don't think that's very healthy for this program. I really thought it was a failure in not only all three phases. The defense was, you know, was exposed certainly in the defensive secondary without Amani Hooker playing and Manny. Regumba probably had his worst game, at least the worst one for him that I remember. We finally found a team that figured out it wasn't a good idea to throw in Josh Jackson's way. I'm surprised it took that long. But, you know, to me, the biggest fail in that game was the coaching staff. I, I though There were a number of head-scratching decisions made by several of the coaches, not the least of which was the head coach. The three that really bothered me the most were, you, you've had a struggling defense, uh, certainly against West Wisconsin, Purdue comes in with a pretty highly ranked defense. It's very windy and cold, bad, you know, bad weather conditions. And you win the toss and choose to put your struggling offense out there first and let Purdue uh, take the win. And and most of the time this year, Kirk's chosen to go on defense first. So that was a head scratcher. The decision to take the win in the fourth quarter, also a head scratcher. And it turned out to probably be maybe the biggest coaching decision in the game because the way Purdue came out and you just alluded to it, those two quick strike touchdowns early with the wind at their back. I don't think Iowa could ever recover from that. And then what I described as football dumb was choosing to go for two points when they scored their last touchdown with a little over a minute left and failing. Because if you take the PAT, you're still within eight points at that point in the game and it gives you a chance. If you don't get the two points, what they didn't, then you've totally lost the game. The last minute and four seconds don't matter. Yeah, I agree with you on every part there. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you're down nine. There's never been in the history of football three-point extra point as far as I know maybe in a hundred years ago there was or something when they're reading when they're starting the game I, I agree exactly when it comes to, to the wind it was furious out there and it, you know Iowa should have taken it should have deferred the kickoff which means Purdue would have taken the ball or it, hey you know then you get the ball twice to start the, the halves then then you're all right there but you know to take the ball and then you knew they were going to kick into the wind and then you don't don't go anywhere then you've negated every advantage that you can 
second half by winning the toss and and actually and and then in the second half why Iowa didn't you know choosing to to kick into the wind in the third quarter was just abysmal because you know now there's two different thoughts one is hey you have it in the wind at your back in the fourth quarter so you can get things going and and you can uh, you know maybe kick field goals and what have you but then the other part of it is if you take the wind when you're kicking off then if they can't pass or run into it then you can have a short field and exploit that for the rest of the quarter now and that's where I think Iowa should have done it I mean Iowa had a nine to seven lead there at halftime they did have have some momentum. They look like they were in control of the game at that point. Keep doing what you can do to do it. And instead, they they decided to go the opposite route. And I, I agree. I think this game, they were outcoached. And it wasn't so much that Jeff Brom coached them under the table as much as it was they, they coached themselves out of this game. And uh, I think they need to look at themselves really hard in the next few weeks because Iowa fans are, I think, pretty good fans. I think Iowa fans can accept a lot. I think most most people can say, okay, we can tolerate an eight and four season and, and you know, seven and five in the in bad circumstances, but show us a glimmer of hope. But when you continuously make these these mistakes, and I think the worst part for Iowa fans is you can beat Ohio State, but you can't beat Purdue. You can beat Michigan, but you can't beat North Dakota State. You you can you lose to a two and ten Iowa State team in 2014. You know, uh, you know Central Michigan, all these teams over the years, you lose these to winnable opponents. And I think the separator for fans when it comes to Kirk and Hayden is Hayden would curb stomp those teams. And Iowa just doesn't under Kirk. They play every game close, which means you win some, you lose some. The problem is, sure, it's great when you beat Ohio State and Michigan, but it's just as bad or not worse if you lose to a four and six Purdue or, you know, an FCS program. Okay, well, now that we've got that off our chest, let's look ahead to Black Friday <laughs> matchup for the Heroes Trophy. Iowa, of course, is six and five now, three and five in conference play. It has no offense. Nebraska is three and five, four and seven in the conference. They're not going to go to a bowl game unless they, uh, well, they'll have to make an exception, and that would, requires them beating Iowa. But Nebraska has no defense, so here's an epic matchup: no offense against no defense. So what does Iowa need to do? It's punch list to have some offensive success against a Nebraska defense that's that's been leaky as a sieve. <laughs> oh boy, this is uh, sounds like quite the matchup here. I mean, r- really it's um Iowa needs to sustain success running the football. That's really, you know, in Kirk Ferentz's scheme, that's really what you have to do. If you can't run the football, then I, then you're in big trouble. And, uh, you know, Nebraska gives up more than 200 yards rushing per game, which means if Iowa can win the line of scrimmage, run the football when it needs to, then I think that then you're in okay shape. I mean, Nebraska's given up the most rushing touchdowns in the Big Ten in 27. You know, 205 yards per game. You know, just those are those are tr- horrible numbers which means Iowa needs to take advantage of that and it and it must be the most physical team on the field and if it can't do that or if it gets bogged down or if Nebraska says you know what, we're going to sell out to stop the run because their wide receivers aren't very good and then then you're in a dogfight because Nebraska can score and that's that's part of the problem so Running the football is, is number one um, for Iowa. It always is. And then, two, they don't really have a very good pass defense either. I mean, you know, they're 11th in the Big Ten. You know, they, they give up, you know, almost 65% of the throws are complete, you know, which is, uh, which is the worst in the Big Ten by far. So, you know, 
there's an opportunity there, and it's going to be a nice day in Lincoln. It should be in the mid-60s. So Iowa has a chance to really go on the attack offensively, but what have you seen the last couple of weeks to make you think that that can happen? I mean, I, I wonder if Iowa could go on the attack in a seven-on-seven and seven practice the way they're playing. And so, and that's the problem right now. You just don't have any faith that this team could do anything. And uh, so I would say, generically, as always, run the football. And if you can run the ball, then you can pass it too. But, you know, outside of a couple of outliers, this has been a really hard unit to watch this year. I think a lot of observers are expecting wholesale changes on the coaching staff from maybe the head coach all the way down. But Nebraska's defensive coordinator is former Iowa player Bobby Diaco. And, man, his his defense has got slapped around by just about everybody they've played this year. 56 points put up on them by Penn State the week before Minnesota, of all teams, ran wild on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've given up a ton every week. It's a, it's a bad defense. They changed it, you know, which is understandable. You know, they hired Bobby Diaco, you know, former, you know, 20 years ago. He was Iowa's middle linebacker and, you know, kind of a, an energetic guy, a little bit crazy, I would say. But he's also just, you know, he tried to employ the 3-4. And on a defense that really didn't have that type of personnel, I mean, it's been it's been tough to watch them. I mean, you know, they've they've given up, you know, as you said, 54 to Minnesota, 56 to, to Penn State, 56 to Ohio State, 38 to, to Wisconsin. You know, it's on and on and on and on to some bad teams. Even they've given up a lot of points. So it's uh, it's not a very good unit. Obviously, they make a lot of mistakes and Iowa could be there to, to contain it. But, you know, with the other part, though, and the problem is Iowa can't solve the three four from from Wisconsin. So how is it going to do that against Nebraska? So I don't know. And I, I don't think people will tolerate Kirk Ferentz calling Nebraska a good team because certainly he's trying to say that about Purdue. And I think you got a lot of eye rolls from everybody who maybe read that transcript. The other thing is it's amazing that uh, Nate Stanley could walk on Sunday morning, assuming he walked on Sunday morning. He was sacked so often in that Purdue game. And it took Iowa almost the entire game before they could even come up with a makeshift way to solve Purdue's constant blitzing. And they did that with, I guess you'd call them split tailbacks or something, that formation that I don't recall seeing before this season. But that seemed to help a little bit with the blitzing. But, you know, between the offensive line brain trust that the Hawkeyes have, Kirk and Brian and Tim Polisek, somebody's got to come up with a solution for those blitzes, to your point about Nebraska's 3-4. Exactly. And then that's the problem with Iowa is that they're so arrogant in the way they coach offensive line that they're that they make mistake after mistake after mistake and they do nothing to correct it their whole system is based on one guy battles one guy and that's it and we've seen it before in uh, games northwestern last year which had six sacks four by the same player they didn't help they didn't help the left tackle you know they didn't they didn't chip they didn't have somebody else hit um, a tight end maybe hit him off the line of scrimmage and help nothing like that and when you look at two freshman tackles one of which is is a true freshman they've got a ton of talent yet help them you know i mean there was a right side tackle uh, tristan Wirfs. it was a it was a blitz in his direction he doesn't know which way to go so either you got to get somebody in there who does know what to do or you tell them what to do or you just tell them what to watch for and it's just you know when you make the same mistakes over and over and over again it's not just the players who you think you know especially at that position they've got a lot of talent it's not just the players it's the coaches and the coaches have to get that straightened out because it's something that's happened repetitively now of course they're not going to be as good as what they are with Boone Myers and Ike Bucker but that those that ship sailed you know uh, those almost sounds like excuses at this point so I think it's a 
matter of, uh, you know, coaching has to come up with it. And if Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz are considered some of the greatest in the game, and hey, they won the Joe Moore Award last year for the best offensive line in the country. You know, they, you know, they usually don't have celebratory press conferences for things, but they sure did for that. You know, maybe they need to start going back and looking at this, figuring out, you know what, this just isn't working. And how do we make it work? Because otherwise, just saying we're going to do it the same way over and over again, you know, this isn't 1999 anymore. I mean, this, this is 2017 and you got to figure out a new blocking scheme or otherwise you're looking at seven and five every year. Let's turn to the punch list. Iowa's defense to have success against Nebraska's offense. Now, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago that Nebraska's had some success on offense. They put up 44 points last Saturday at Penn State. Their quarterback, Nebraska quarterback Tanner Lee, came in pretty highly touted in the preseason, has struggled from time to time. So what do you think Iowa needs to do on defense to hold down Nebraska's offense? It really comes down to being able to uh, defend and cover the, the, the receivers. They have some talented receivers. J.D. Spielman is really good. Uh, Stanley Morgan is really good. I mean, you know, they've got talent, and that's something that you just can't – I mean, Nebraska has not been very good this year. We know that. But what Nebraska has been able to do is, you know, I mean, they, they have hit some home runs. Tanner Lee is a very accurate quarterback. Now, he had a lot of pick sixes early in the year. And, uh, you know, so he's he's been very inconsistent. You know, he's got 21 touchdowns and 13 interceptions, but he can sling it. He has got a really good arm. So you've got to make sure you're there, you're you're defending your position effectively. And and with the amount of talent they have, you know, again, you know, J.D. Spielman, 55 catches, you know, 830 yards. Stanley Morgan, 912 yards with eight touchdowns. Um, you know, both of them over 50 catches. They could be dangerous. And, I, you know, and then still Iowa fans, you know, one of the probably 10 worst players to mention and bring up is Denorne Pearsonell, you know, and he's he's a senior, and you know he did some things against Iowa in the kicking game a few years ago. So you've got these talented wide receivers that I think Iowa is going to have some issues with, and you know, now granted they might attack Josh Jackson, they might say, hey, you know, we don't care how good he is, you know, and to the, you know that would be a, a fatal blow in my opinion. But I'm sure they watched the Purdue tape too, <laughs> and saw you know, Manny Rugama get you know destroyed four straight plays, then at Michael Ojemudia get destroyed. Then, then Matt Hankins get beat, and then they decide, all right, we got to put Josh Jackson over there. I'm sure they saw that and said, you know what? Tack the other corner. That's stealing candy from a kid. So I, I think that's going to be part one, which means Iowa needs to get in there, get some sacks, you know, try to force the issue because Tanner Lee is prone to, to mistakes, no doubt about it. Now, Nebraska is not a very good running team. They're a decent running team. They've got decent players, but I think that's a that's a position where Iowa can take advantage of them if they can slow down the run. But I think the pass is where they could lose this game. Iowa hopes to have Imani Hooker back at strong safety. Opposing teams, opposing offenses, Wisconsin and Purdue have had more success against Iowa's defensive secondary in these last two games. I think Hooker has a chance to make a big difference there. I don't know what Iowa's going to do. Was that a, an aberration with Rugamba's game uh, last Saturday against Purdue, or did he get exposed for what he really is? That's probably the big question on defense going into this Friday. It's a frustrating question because Manny Rugamba was so good last year at times that, you know, how did this happen? I mean, he got he's gotten beat quite a bit. He got beat against Wisconsin, but that was a pretty good play. You know, you sometimes you just get beat. But in this case, this was just repetitive, like he couldn't keep the guy in front of him. And, and uh, so then he gets pulled for it. So it's just a, you know, a strange uh, situation and they've got to be prepared for it because I don't think Josh Jackson's coming back. I mean, if I were him, I'd go to the NFL draft. I mean, he's, he's a first rounder. So I think you look at this and go, yeah, 
yeah, it's probably time. You know, they got to figure this out. You know, maybe it's Matt Hankins' time. You know, he got thrown in there. And maybe you see what he got in him. And, you know, everybody else could work on their confidence in the offseason. But right now, you got to work on winning games. Let's take a quick look at special teams. The only bright spots on special teams right now for the Hawkeyes are kickoffs, place kicking, Miguel Racinos, and kick returns are looking pretty good. Ivory Kelly Martin, he's actually been fairly consistent all season. On the other side, hunting is deplorable. I don't know what Kirk's thinking is about continuing to play Rastetter as punter, who's been uh, almost inexplicably mediocre. And then you have even more inexplicable is Matt Vandyberg, who seems to have, have lost his complete touch and judgment on fielding punts. It is. It's a shock. I mean, this is a, this is the part of the t- game where Iowa has to win, uh, and they're not. They're losing it, losing it badly, and probably the worst that I've seen, you know, under Kirk Ferentz. I mean, you know, punt return. I remember when they didn't turn loose Micah Hyde all those years ago, uh, and that was kind of surprising, and, and, you know, especially in light of what he's been able to do in the NFL. But you look at um, Matt Vandenberg, you thought that you'd at least have a security guy. Maybe, you know, remember, uh, I think it was Colin Sandeman who did a lot of return turns there and I thought okay that's the type of player you need Matt Vandenberg's not been that guy and that's uh, unfortunate for him now even in the kick return game you know the, the brightest spot was you know slipping in uh, Amir Smith-Marset late and then he had a 53 yarder I think that's probably the guy you want maybe back there for kickoffs now to show that kind of burst because he's not providing it on as a wide receiver you know except late yesterday and punter I you know I guess Ryan Gersande's injured so I think that's part of it but I would just go with Nathan Stanley <laughs> the way it's going right now. I mean, you know, when he was at uh, uh, his, his high school coach said, I thought he was probably going to go D1 as a punter. And then he got, of course, pretty good at quarterback. So that's the route he went. But, you know, unless you're kicking into the wind with a rugby style punter, and I think that's only what Rastetter can do. And I think right now you, you, you almost have to go with Stanley. I tweeted out post game that that makes the most sense at this point, based on what we've actually seen on the field. And besides that, it opens up some possibilities for some trick plays if Stanley were the punter as well. To your point about Amir Smith-Marset, boy, he had bad dropsy again. It looked like he had completely lost his confidence. And then that big kickoff return late seemed to get him picked back up because he had a nice catch right after that, as you mentioned. So we'll see where that goes. All right, time for your prediction. The final score. I I've, I think I've almost completely given up on trying to predict anything in the Big Ten. I mean, just look at the last three weeks. It's bizarre all over the place. But what's your thinking here? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually really difficult. You think about it and you think, well, you know, Iowa should win this game. They should be the better team, right? Well, Iowa should have been the better team last week. And I just don't have any confidence offensively that they could do something, which means, of course, they're going to have a great game, Uh, you know, because picking Iowa this year is, you know, I don't know how much money people have lost on Iowa, but I'm sure it's a ton. I'm going to go with Nebraska. I think even though Nebraska doesn't have anything to play for, they can't go to a bowl game. Their coach is going to get fired. But I I think, you know, what they did do against Penn State was score a ton of points late and you know when you get to this point of the season there's nothing to play for but pride and you know they know that they're not going to a bowl game I've seen this story and song and dance before against Iowa Iowa just looks flat they look like they don't have any energy anymore and unfortunately I've seen this too many times I can see them going to Lincoln and leaving the trophy there so I'm going to go with the, the Cornhuskers 23 to 20 in Lincoln what exactly did you have in mind Mr. Carlson <laughs> what do you suppose he's up to and I think I hear something now. Helicopter. Something just came out of the back. Perhaps a skydiver. There's no parachutes yet. Oh my God, they're turkeys! Turkeys are hitting the ground like sacks of wet cement. Thanks for that on-the-spot report, class. I thought it would work. It's pretty strange after that. I really don't know how to describe it. 
as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. The Boilermakers shock the Hawkeyes in Iowa City, 24 to 15, the final. So, Jeff, the difference in this game, play calling. Play calling by the play callers. One guy was a little more conservative than the other. I think Jeff Brom, Jeff Brom, that's a gold star today. Boy, oh boy. This one will sting for those seniors here in Iowa City. Purdue gets the victory here today over the Iowa Hawkeyes. The final score, Purdue 24, Iowa 15. <laughs> Are you looking for a new, rewarding career with great benefits? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides great career opportunities with wages starting at $20 an hour, including benefits. Give TNK a call today at 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663 to begin your roofing career today. $20 per hour starting wage, including benefits. You can't beat that. Give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll free 1-800-383-7663. 383-7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing, a proud union company and member of Built by Pros in Eastern Iowa. Welcome back to Quick Hits here on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin. Big good stuff from Scott Docterman, Land of Ten. They're on the preview for the North Nebraska game coming up this Friday in Lincoln. Should be an interesting one. I'm looking forward to seeing how Iowa can respond after losing to Purdue. Do they put this one behind them and say, you know what, we're going to go win this game, get a seventh win, and try to improve the bull standing? Or do they put their tail between their legs? It's go time for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Good stuff from Scott Docterman, Land of Ten. Check him out, landof10.com. Does a great job. He's been covering Iowa for a very, very long time. Great human interest pieces keeps his keeps his pulse on what's going on around the Hawkeyes football basketball wrestling all of it they do a great job at land of 10 let's go ahead and put a big bow on this week's quick hits edition Iowa loses to Purdue 24 to 15 other games around the Big Ten Indiana 41 records zero number 23 Northwestern 39 to zero Northwestern don't look now but they've had a very good run since that victory over the Hawkeyes a few weeks ago number five Wisconsin beat Michigan 24 to 10 that's number 24 Michigan Michigan, excuse me, Ohio State 52, Illinois 14, Michigan State victorious, not pretty, but they were victorious over Maryland 17 to 7, and then number 10 Penn State, wild ride, it was an interesting one, 56-44 over Nebraska. Iowa plays in the Black Friday Heroes Trophy game coming up on Friday at Lincoln, all the coverage, stats, smackdown, everything that we bring to you every single week, we're going to have coverage here on Hawkeyes Mike, if you missed it, go back, land a 10, Scott Docterman joined John here a little while ago on Quick Hits, we'll continue to play that all week long, we'll continue to promote that on Twitter. Follow on with us on Twitter at Hawkeyes Mike. I'm on Twitter as well at Tyler Chumlin. We'll be happy to tweet with you along at the game. Email us. Love interacting with you guys. It's been a good season this year. Look forward to everything that we're going to be doing big in basketball and wrestling season as well. Look forward to great coverage, great interactions with you guys, the fans. You guys are what make us what we are. So we really appreciate it. Enjoy this week. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Eat too much turkey. Eat too much potatoes and gravy. Stuffing. Eat everything. Do whatever you can. Enjoy time with your family. I know I will be making the trek over to Western Iowa. Can't wait to go hang out with my wife family. It's going to be a great time. I'm going to stuff myself full of turkey and get ready for that big football game for the Hawkeyes on Friday. Credit to Big Ten Network for clips used in this program. This has been Quick Hits. I appreciate you listening. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin. We'll be back next week for the final regular season edition of Quick Hits here on Hawkeyes Mike. Thanks for listening. This is Hawkeyes Mike. And broadcast school has really paid off. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.